Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.V. Swenson. Today's episode is called Serve Anyway, and we're going to be talking politics. It's not something I talk about very often, and so I think it's important to talk about what do we as Christians do if we're not content with the person who's in power um, running our city or our state or our um, nation even. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. What are we told in the Bible as Christians to do in those circumstances? So we're going to head to the Bible. We have lots of, well, not lots, three great quotes. Um, And hopefully we'll get to the bottom of this and really be encouraged um, how to live during these uncertain times with leaders who we're not entirely confident with always. Um, What would God have us do? So to begin, we're going to head to 1 Kings chapter 18, where we read this. Now, the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab, now remember, Ahab and Jezebel were wicked, wicked king and queen. They had introduced idolatry, the Baal worship um, in Samaria and Israel. And so we know that they were just wicked, wicked people. So Ahab summoned Obadiah his palace administrator. And then in parentheses, we're told, Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, 50 in each, and had supplied them with food and water. So his master's wife, Jezebel, is killing off the prophets of God. That's her mission. And Ahab, or not Ahab, I'm sorry, Obadiah is hiding them and feeding them and making sure they have the water they need. Going on, Ahab said to Obadiah, go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive so we will not have to kill any of our animals. Now notice how Ahab talks to Obadiah. They're not just on, you know, barely speaking terms in terms of like just talking about the weather. He's talking to Obadiah like he would a friend, a trusted companion, a trusted servant. So they divided the land they were to cover, Ahab going in one direction and Obadiah in another. As Obadiah was walking along, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him, bowed down to the ground and said, is that really you, my Lord Elijah? Yes, he replied, go tell your master, Elijah is here. Now, Elijah had been hiding out for the past three years. He had pronounced that there would not be rain in the land. 
which was a beautiful thing, actually, because Baal was supposedly the god of rain. So it should have shown Ahab and Jezebel that they were worshiping the wrong god. When there is a severe drought and famine in the land due to no rain, um, surely they would know that Baal was no god at all, right? Not so much. Instead, Ahab had determined to kill Elijah, and he saw Elijah as the problem, not his Baal worship. So reading on. Uh, What have I done wrong, asked Obadiah, that you are handing your servant over to Ahab to be put to death? As surely as the Lord your God lives, there is not a nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. And whenever a nation or kingdom claimed you were not there, he made them swear they could not find you. But now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here? I don't know where the spirit of the Lord may carry you when I leave you. If I go and tell Ahab and he doesn't find you, he will kill me. Yet I, your servant, have worshipped the Lord since my youth. Haven't you heard, my Lord, what I did while Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves, fifty in each, and supplied them with food and water. And now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here? He will kill me. Elijah said, as the Lord Almighty lives whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. So here we have this example of this godly, devout man who has served God since his youth, serving a wicked man. Now, he did what Ahab wanted him to do, except when it came to killing the priests of God. And that's when he knew that he had to obey God rather than men. He hid those men rather than go along with his master's whims because he knew that it was against the Lord. But other than that, he was a trusted servant to his master. That is a huge example to us. What do we do when a non-believing man is in office or woman for that matter? We keep serving. We serve the government. We serve our people around us. We serve the Lord. We do it with integrity and respect. Here's another example. Abram was living in the land of Canaan, and his um, nephew Lot had been with him. And as you know, the land um, couldn't produce enough for both of them because they had great herds and flocks. And so Lot chose to live in Sodom. Well, the king of Sodom went to war against some of the other kings. And lo and behold, the whole town of Sodom was carried off, um, was taken captive. And this is what we read in Genesis 14. A man who had escaped came and reported this to Abram, the Hebrew. Now, Abram was living near the great trees of Mamre, the Amorite, a brother of Eshcol and Aner, all of whom were allied with Abram. Did you catch that? Abram had allied himself with these Amorite brothers. They are not worshipers of God. They're Amorites. So when Lot is taken off, they all join forces and go to get Lot and the people of Sodom back. They do that. They're successful. 
They come back and the king of Sodom says to Abram, you know what, I'll take the people, let the people live, go back to their homes, but you can go ahead and have the plunder. And this is what Abram says. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who with, went with me, to Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre. Let them have their share. So Abram says, listen, I'm not going to take anything because I don't ever want you to say that you made Abram rich. But I'm not going to answer for the guys who went with me. If they want their share of the plunder, let them take what they want. Isn't that amazing? A, Abram did not make the men that were with him live according to the same restrictions and live according to Abram's conscience. He said, I feel this way. I feel very strongly that I am not going to take any of the plunder because I'm not going to give any credit to you for my riches. All my riches, all my worldly wealth comes from God and God alone. But hey, you know what? I have these Amorite brothers who went and fought with me. They may very well want some of the riches. Wow. Right? We don't need to think that the unbelieving world has to live according to the same Christian laws that we have. They don't have to live according to our conscience. We can live among the people of the world. We can be set apart as Christians, but we don't have to put our laws on them. What a great example. How about Joseph? Joseph served Potiphar first and then the Pharaoh. And by all standards, he became an Egyptian. When his brothers, his Hebrew brothers, came to Egypt 13 years or so after he had been sold into slavery, they didn't recognize him. Why? Because he dressed like an Egyptian. He talked like an Egyptian. He looked like an Egyptian, and he acted like an Egyptian. Here was a God follower, second in command in all of Egypt. But he didn't dress in such a way or make a huge statement that, hey, I'm a follower of the true God, so I'm going to keep my beard, and I'm going to, you know, speak only Hebrew, and I'm going you know, no. Outwardly, he fit in. Inwardly, he could worship whoever he chose to. But outwardly, he fit in. He didn't make a big stand about who he was. Such a good example for us. And then, how about Nehemiah? So, (laughs) the last words of chapter 1 in Nehemiah clue us in as to his position. He says, I was cupbearer to the king. Now, who was he a cupbearer to? Was it a Hebrew king? Was he a king to an Israelite king? Or a cupbearer to an Israelite king? No. No. In fact, we don't find out until the beginning of chapter 2 that we're told in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought to him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. But in chapter 1, we're told, In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, 
one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. So here is a man who is serving a heathen king. And he is doing his job well. If we were to read all of chapter 2, we would find he had never, ever, ever been sad in the presence of the king before, which, by the way, would have been against the law. He, he did his job well. He served as he ought to. But where was his heart? When he found Jews who came back from, they'd gone to Israel and they had returned to Susa, Nehemiah was eager to hear what was going on there. So while serving his earthly master, his heart was still on the things of God and God's people. So serving well, while inwardly very much still attached to God and his people. Daniel and his friends, they they served Nebuchadnezzar. And he was the king of Babylon, a wicked king, who um, you know tried to get all the people to worship only him. He slaughtered people. I mean, wicked king. These godly, devout men served Nebuchadnezzar and served him well. Esther married a heathen king, a man who threw a six-month bash who banished his wife, who confiscated all the virgins of the land and tried them out night after night. And then this was her husband. Not exactly the kind of person that a faithful Jewish girl would want to marry. And yet, she was faithful to him. She recognized that it was a position that God put her in. So, she served the king. So what are we as Christ followers, as Christians, supposed to do? Well, Abram showed us that we can walk with our neighbors and not expect them to do what we do. Um, Joseph shows us that we don't have to stand out. We can outwardly fit in. Obadiah shows us that we can um, serve our masters well while at the same time serving God well, if we have to, even if it's against our master's wishes. And Nehemiah shows us that outwardly we can be serving while inwardly um, praying and encouraging the saints and thinking of the things of God. So let's go to scripture. Paul says in Romans 13, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So what are we supposed to do if we don't like the person elected? We're to serve them. We're to submit them. We're to fall into rank underneath them. I love the image that I've been given in a Bible study that I'm in. Um, And it's talking about um, women and men. And I was given this picture of the military. In the military, um, you never have someone who's ranked lower than someone else, you know, saying, hey, how dare you give me an order? 
<laughs> that's, that's unheard of. You understand your position in the military. You're given an order. You do what you're told to do. You fall in, fall in line, fall into place. And you do it without complaining. So when we're not happy with the person who's elected, we serve. And we don't take pot shots at the person in power. We don't talk continually about how stupid they are, inadequate. We don't pass along jokes. We don't um, try to get everybody else to hate them. No, we serve. We submit ourselves to the governing authorities, knowing those, those authorities have been established by God. Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 2. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Whoa. For the Lord's sake, as representatives of Christ, we are to submit to our authorities. And I just want to point out that both Paul and Peter would be killed by the governing authorities, the same ones who they said respect. Submit as to the Lord. Peter even goes so far to say, you know, you show the others how it's done. Let others see you serving well, that they may see that you're free, but you are doing as God asks you to. Wow, that is a great reminder. I have three quotes for us. The first one is from Billy Graham, and he says, We are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. We are the sermons the world is heeding. Much as Peter said in Second Peter, we are the example to the rest of the world on how to do this. When we choose to not complain, to not rebel, to not curse, because we know that God has made and allowed the person to come into authority, then we stand as an example. And I've heard it said, you are the Bible that the unbelieving world is reading. You may be the only Bible they ever get. You are to live out, we are to live out the pages of scripture in such a way that if your unbelieving neighbor never opens up the Bible themselves, they know something about the Bible by watching your life. George Washington said this, Be courteous to all, but intimate with few, and let those few be well tried before you give them your confidence. Listen, we are not to be blabbering fools on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. We are not to, you know, like I said, complain and how dare they make this policy that's so ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. Be intimate with few. 
Know your good Christian friends who you can turn to and you can say, oh, my heart is deeply distressed over this policy, or I am really in prayer over what is going on in our government or in our state, or like I said, in our school. Um, it, It could be any level of government. But you know, again, as examples to the outside world, we don't have to Um, show our complaints and let that be what they're seeing, especially when we don't expect the unbelieving world to live by our standards. And then Warren Wearsby, I love Warren Wearsby. I used to listen to his sermons um, and his preaching. And uh, he said this, Christians have a dual citizenship on earth and in heaven. And our citizenship in heaven ought to make us better people here on earth. When we remember that we're serving the Lord, and when we remember that he has put the people he has decided will lead our, our area for a time in, in place, well then, as citizens of heaven, we respect the leadership he has put on earth. And unless we are called to do something that's against God's word, then we submit. When, in the case like Obadiah, he was called upon to help Jezebel kill the priest, no way. We don't go against God's word. Then that's when we take a stand, whether silently, as Obadiah did, or publicly. There are times that it, it's okay to protest what's going on when we say we cannot. This is a wicked ruling and we can't go with it. Um, but again, do so respectfully and do so in a way that you honor God and you are an example to the rest of the world. This has been Little Things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Thank you for listening. And if you know somebody that needs to hear this message, please share it with them. I can't thank you enough for your prayers. They really keep us going at Time of Grace. You know what else keeps us going? Time of Grace is 100% donor funded. If you'd like to support us, you can find a link on just how to do that in the episode notes. Thanks for your consideration.